Welcome to the mikvah.org podcast. The mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for Jewish family life since 1975-5735. You can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would like to introduce our second teacher as part of the summer learning series, Mrs. Miriam Pekarski. Miriam is a shlacha in Twin Cities, Minnesota, and is both an in-person and virtual teacher. She is very active with the mikvah and is also a mikvah.org certified college teacher. Today, as class three of her three-part series, she will be going more in-depth on the Rebbe's views on gender separation in various scenarios. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, welcome back. Um, and again, this class is for informational purposes only. It's not halacha. We are just telling, um, giving over to raise awareness. And please, every person, every place, every situation is different. So please consult with your Rav Mashpia for your own individual situation. Especially today, we're going to be talking a, little, a lot about common occurrences and situations that we will get into day to day. So please remember that for each specific question, you should ask your own um, Rav and Mashpia. Okay, so the first two classes, we talked about the need for boundaries, and we talked about why we need the separation between the genders and how this enhances and helps us act in a way of Kedusha and Tahara. And we also saw in, la in the last class how no one is immune. This is the mitzvah is for everybody. It applies to everyone, the greatest of the greatest. We all have a Yetzirah, and therefore we all must be careful in this regard. And today, like we said, we're going to talk about some of the Rebbe's directives in common situations. Before we get to the situations, let's talk a little bit about the Yetzirah, the ideas of the Yetzirah. So the first time we see this pull of this um, gender influence of opposite gender, gender we see it in um, in Bereshis, where we have the story, in Sefer Bereshis, where we have the story of Yosef and Petifer's wife. So Yosef, we know, is in Mitzrayim, and he was working for Petifer, and um, he was there for every day. And then it says in the Chumash, we're up to page 26, source one, um, every day she would try to entice him, and he never listened to her. And the Pasuk Aleph, it says here, it was one day, he came home, to do his work. And there was no man from the house at home. In other words, there was no one there, except for Petifer's wife. There was no one else at home. And it was at this point that she grabbed him and tried to entice him again, and he ran away outside. He ran, he ran away from it. Now, the, measure, the source base, Medrash Sechel Tov explains, there was no one else in the house. We see from here this idea of yichud, of not allowed to be secluded with the opposite gender. A person is not allowed to find himself in such a situation. Every day, because of the people in the house that were found there, that were usually in the house. He, she did not oppress him to try to entice him. Zulas Hayam, except for that day, when they were alone in the house. So we see from here how the Yetzirah works at times, especially when there is no 
no one else at home. So this was, when there's this idea of Yichud, there is this problem. And Yosef uh, was able to run away from there, but we do see how this could start. Again, just from innocent being together in the same place, nothing, um, and then it could lead to worse things. And the Rebbe, we see on the bottom here, is Gimel, in uh, Source Gimel. This is a footnote from a Sicha that the Rebbe said in Tafnun Shinalif in the Parshas Noyach was. And the Rebbe was talking there about uh, an Indian in the Sicha. And in the footnote, the Rebbe writes something very interesting, footnote number 116. Yesh al betaxi. A auto, auto, a car, who gather. That a person, a woman, has to be very careful when she's tra traveling with a, um, in a taxi or in another vehicle when the driver is a male. So here the Rebbe is referencing again the halachas of Yichud that it's not so simple. If you have a driver, in those days it was a taxi, now we would say probably an Uber. But you have to be careful when you're, when the driver is a male and the and the passenger is a female, that we shouldn't come into problems with halachas of yichud. And right after that, the Badats of Crown Heights issued a um, ruling or uh, to help us understand better what we need to do, instructions to make sure that a woman will not come to be in such a situation where there might be a problem of yichud. And so this is on the left side we see here, um, the rules or not rules, but the uh, guidelines the guidelines in how to ensure that a woman when she needs to have take a, a taxi or an uber or whatever it is however she's traveling to make sure that it is in the proper way and she will not come to be over this isr of yichud and again the reason why yichud is such a terrorist uh, tells us that we have to have this uh, these boundaries but it's a per, to prevent something worse from happening as we see from it happened in the story of yosef and it could happen to anyone the Yitzhar is very, very big, and therefore we need to be very, very careful, make extra offenses, whatever the Torah tells us, that this is what we need to do to make sure we should not put ourselves into a situation where we might have an issue. So, um, and on the next page, page 27, we see here in the Gemara, the Gemara tells us a little bit about the strategies of the Yitzhara. Our Rav Asi, Rav Asi says, Yitzhara, in the beginning, the Yetzirah is like the strand of a spider web, very thin, very discreet, very little, yeah, um, thin. At the end, at the end, it becomes as thick as the ropes of a wagon, meaning that initially the enticement, as it says in English, initially the enticement is almost imperceptible. You can't even tell that the Yetzirah is trying to, to entice someone like a thin strand. However, after one sin, it is like wagon ropes tied tightly around him. Yetzirah is very, very smart. Yetzirah knows how to get to somebody. So at first, it seems innocent. At first, it's two people are in a place together, big deal. So they're talking to each other, whatever it is, or they're not talking, even talking to each other. But the Yetzirah knows how to entice. And so therefore, we need to be careful not to put ourselves into such situations. Okay. And actually, the Rebbe, here's a response from the Rebbe on the bottom of page 27, where someone was asking, a woman was asking about going out to work. And the Rebbe says something very interesting. And the Rebbe explains that there are two things that seem that they are 
opposites. On one hand, we know it says, the entire nobility of a princess is inward, right? But on the other hand, we know, the Rebbe exists what telling us, that nothing in this world, including talents, was created in vain. Everyone must use their talents for the proper and correct things. And we should we, we should go out there and use our talents and do what we need to do. It seems like we can't have both. But the Rebbe says, you should consult a Rav who's a Maira Haira in your neighborhood as to how to fit these two directives together. So it is possible to go out to work. It is possible to go out of your house, to go out and to do what we need to do. But we need to just make sure that we do it in the correct way, according to halakha, making sure that it is proper. And therefore, the Rebbe says, before one goes out to take a job, one should consult a Rav and make sure that whatever they're doing is alpi halakha. And I would uh, recommend very strongly the mikvah.org series, Halacha and Hashkafa for Women in the Workplace. It's a three-part series, which discusses a lot of issues that can come up and uh, tells us a, a little bit about the halachas involved. Okay, so now we see that we have to be extremely careful with this idea. Let's talk about certain situations where we have uh, answers from the Rebbe about how we have to be careful with um, separating or uh, separating the genders in certain um, situations. The first thing we're gonna talk about is the separation at weddings. Now, in the early years of the Rebbe's Messias, in the 1950s, um, the Rebbe was very, very um, passionate about um, increasing the standards of, amongst the Yidin. In those days in America, there were certain things that were not done even amongst the from Yidin. And it was very common that at from weddings, there was mixed seating at weddings, even though they did have separate dancing a lot of times, but the seating itself was mixed and there was no mechitza. And this was one of the things that the rebel was very, very pushed very much was to have a mechitza and to have separate seating at weddings. So we're gonna see a few different examples where we see the Rebbe's um, push for this and to make sure that there would be separate seating and a chitza at a wedding. So the first um, letter that we're gonna see from the Igris, and this was actually written in Yiddish, but we do have a translation in Hebrew. So I brought the Hebrew translation. Um, and this was a family who was against their daughter, uh, Shidduch with their daughter, because the other side wanted to have a mechitza. And so the Rebbe answers this family as follows. Um, if you see, uh, we're on page 28, the first uh, underlined sentence. And the Rebbe is emphasizing here that according to the demands of the Shulchan Aruch, it's, you need to have a mechitza, a separation between the men and the women. So this is halacha. It's not only a minhag, it's not only something nice. It is pashat halacha, that there has to be, according to Shulchan Aruch, there has to be a division between, a separation between the men and the women. And the Rebbe is going to explain why in the next uh, set of underlying sentences. When we set up the wedding with the mechitza, like the Torah demands, the Torah rules. Then when we have proper separation at a, at a wedding, then we could say in benching, the bracha, that 
that the simcha, the joy, is in Hashem's dwelling place, where Hashem dwells. Kolaymar, as if to say, when we mention the name of the Ebishter, we mention it that there will be simcha, there will be happiness. We are bringing down happiness, joy, gladness to the world. And first and foremost, to the chasen and kala. So there is a halakha, and this is most Paiskim agree, that if there is um, a, a, a suda, a sheva brachas, the, the, for either at the wedding or any of the other sheva brachas, if the men and women are sitting mixed and there is no separation, according to halacha, they are not allowed to say which is one of the sheva brachas um, in the benching. And so the rabbi is saying that when we do have this sitting properly and we do have this mechitza, then shokhanach paskins, that yes, you can say it, so obviously, if you're saying it, it means that we're bringing down the simcha to everybody who's at the celebration, and especially, first and foremost, to the chasen and kala themselves, that they will have simcha. And then the Rebbe continues, It is for sure superfluous to describe what's happening in these last few years. Now, remember, this is in the 1950s, right? Can you imagine now, many years later, um, what's going on in the world in general? And uh, amongst Am Yisrael specifically. And in Bechal Hazmanim Hayah if at all those times it was necessary to need the Ebishter, for blessing and for success. More than that, for a life that's healthy and happy. In our generation, it is um, manifold, more time, more important, more necessary. The only one who can uh, promise this or assure us of this, of this only the one who, the master and the creator of the world, who is the Abishar. Only Hashem can um, assure us that we will have this good life, happy, healthy life. So how much more so, the Rebbe was saying in the previous generations that they said this, how much more so in our generations when we see what's going on in the world, how much more we need this. And I will say even more in our generation when we see what's going on in the world, how much more we need the brachas of the Eimster, that we should have a chayim simcha brim, everything should be good. And then the Rebbe goes on and explains that parents will do anything for their children's happiness. So how much more so for their daughter's wedding? How could they prevent their daughter from having such brachas? They should definitely have a mechitam. And then the Rebbe addresses the last part about what other people will say. Um, the last part uh, where that's underlined, umuva me'elav is self-understood. Makam, it should not be important. If the friends will be happy or not, so if they'll be satisfied. Only that the Torah should be satisfied from the arrangements of the wedding. And as the Rebbe mentioned above, if one wants to be sure that the wedding will be according to Torah that you could say, 
and through this tisra has simcha through this the simcha will be throughout it will rule throughout their whole life look at the brachas the rabbi is giving to the chassan and kala if they have everything done properly at their wedding they will have brachas for their entire life of simcha the chasana has to be with a mechitza. So the rabbi is saying it's al halacha. There must be a mechitza at a wedding. There must be the separation between the men and the women. And that will cause all these brachas that the rabbi is explaining will happen to one who listens to Shulchan Aruch and does what one needs to do. And we all want, of course, we all want all the brachas that we can get. Okay. We also have some examples of stories of people that, um, that Again, we're debating about having uh, or had a, thinking about having mechitza at their wedding. The first one on top of page 29 is a letter to um, Mr. Jaffe from Manchester. And this was in 1964 when Rabbi Abraham Jaffe want, uh, was getting married and he wanted to have a mechitza at his wedding. And um, uh, the Rebbe wrote them a letter, his father encouraging them to have a mechitza. And if we look at the part that's on page 151 of the book, and this is on page 29 of our source sheets, at the bottom it says here, the rabbi writes, I am certain that the chuppah and the wedding dinner will be arranged and take place with a mechitza. The rabbi is saying, you know, for sure, it should be with a mechitza. And with due dignity and splendor. So it has to be a mechitza. It could be nice. It should be nice. But there has to be a mechitza in a happy and auspicious hour. And it is yours, chus, and that of Mrs. Jaffe, to arrange this. So the Rebbe is explaining how it's a big chus to have this mechitza. Again, remember, in those days, it was not common. And he's, the Rebbe is saying it's a big chus for the parents to be able to arrange a mechitza. And the Rebbe says in parentheses, if the mechutim will not change their mind in the interim, may Hashem grant that you should have this chus to celebrate many simchus without, of course, any of the present complications. So the Rebbe is giving them a bracha that the Rebbe should have many more simchas. Again, lots of brachas for this, uh, having a mechitza at a wedding. And then um, there's a story told by Rebbe Sid Chava Hecht, shalom, who um, went into Yechidus with the Rebbe. And the Rebbe told her in Yechidus, I hear that your sister's getting married. And uh, the Rebbe said, ask Rebbe Sid Hecht if he, she could convince her sister to have a mechitza. Now, her sister was 10 years younger than her, so um, the Rabbi Sinhaf felt a little uncomfortable or didn't want to ask her sister to do this. This was a big thing. Again, remember, nobody in those days had, a lot of people did not have mechitza, so it wasn't a common thing. And it was a big thing to ask uh, someone to have a mechitza. She didn't want to necessarily ask her sister to do that. And uh, Rabbi Sinhaf told the Rebbe that she heard that in Montreal, they, were, they made a beautiful mechitza out of flowers. So the rabbi said, no. So the rabbi said, well, it's very expensive. Flowers are expensive to make a whole mechitza. So the rabbi said, the rabbi offered to pay for the mechitza. That's how much the rabbi wanted that there should be a mechitza. The rabbi was offered to pay for the mechitza. In the end, uh, Rabbi Zinhef did speak to her sister and she did agree. They did have a mechitza at the wedding and no, they did not take money from the rabbi but they did do what the rabbi had wanted, that they should have a mechitza. And there's a story that's also told by Rabbi Nachman Sudak, who was the shliach to England. And um, the Bakun, there was a group of Bakun who came to a wedding, he was included. 
and there was no mechitza. And so they wanted to leave. So Rabbi Sudak said, let's not take the law into our hands. Let's see what we should do. They called Rabbi Chalakov to find out what should be done since there was no mechitza. So they were contacted by Maspiris. And the question was, was there a mechitza for the Bachar? So yes, there wasn't a complete mechitza, but was there mechitza just for the Bachar? And the answer was yes. There was a place for the Bachar to be with the mechitza. So the answer was that they should make freila. They should make it very happy. And everyone will want to come join them where the mechitza is. And that's exactly what happened. They danced and they made a big, very big simcha. It was very freilach. And everybody else who didn't weren't sitting with the mechitza came to join the bachrim. So there's a smart way to do it. We need to be careful how to do it. But we should have, make sure to have this separation. Okay, so while we're talking about weddings, let's talk about mixed dancing. We know that there are many chidim that have a minhag to do a mitzvah tanz. What's a mitzvah tanz? At the end of the wedding, a kala holds a garto, like a belt, and relatives and distinguished guests hold the other side, and they dance in front of the kala. And we know that in Lubavitch, in Chabad, it's not, we don't do that. So Rabbi Tzinner, this is on page 30, Rabbi Tzinner, who was a very great rav, Ask the Rebbe why in Chabad we do not do this minhag. Why don't we have the mitzvah tans? And this um, section here on the top of page 30 is part of the answer to Rabbi Tzinner. And the Rebbe says some interesting points. So let's look at Bayes here. The Rebbe says, Those that see in actuality, how it evolved in our days, the pile actually, the kama, the kama chasinais in certain weddings, raya hatam, sees the reason. So the Rebbe is saying we don't even need to expel it out. Anyone who sees what it evolved in, what happens at weddings that obviously are not appropriate, we understand the reason why we do not have a mitzvah meaning that it could lead to things that are inappropriate, inappropriate uh, dancing or whatever it is that it could lead to. Now, we know that it's a minhag. There are many chassidim that do it. And the rabbi gives an uh, explanation in Gimel that um, it says in Tyra, there is an idea of, of making a matseva, making a monument. And this um, was something that was very beloved to the Ebishter with Avraham Yitzvah the Avais made the monument to Hashem. But later on in Tyra, it says that we're not allowed to make a monument. So how could it be? Are you allowed to or are you not allowed to? In the days of the Avais, you were allowed to, and it was something that was fav very favorable. But then things changed when the uh, Kananim used the Matsevis for Avaidazar, for idol worship. It became um, Asr, it was not allowed. We were not allowed to make a Matseva. So, to the Rebbe saying here, if things become inappropriate or used in the wrong way, then sometimes we cannot do that as well. Obviously, everything has to be with the Rav and with the, in, in, according to Tyra. But in this situation, the Rebbe is comparing it to that idea. So we see from here that even though it's a mitag and it's a beautiful thing to do, the Rebbe was very against having this mitzvah tans because of what it led to and what it could lead to. And then on the bottom of page 30, we see here from the letter, letter from the Rebbe, the Rebbe explains, and we spoke a little bit about this in last the last class, the idea of marriage is hare at mikudeshesli. You are sanctified. You are set aside for me. That these two should belong only to each other. 
And when all the assembled express their joy, their and their brachas to the to the couple, it has to be the same way. Not the opposite. Not a contradiction. We're, we're showing our happiness. It shouldn't be something that's opposite of being sanctified and set aside for each other. And the Rebbe goes on and explains that the whole idea of mixed dancing is that someone who's married or even a single, someone who is single is, if someone who's married is dancing with somebody else, that's A, and if, even if someone is not married, it means that, oh, we don't even need to have marriage. We could just do it, you know, dance or whatever, have relations with other people, relationships, and we do it publicly. And the Rebbe explains that when there is an awakening from above, it's like uh, awakening from below. And when we show below that there's this, this is what it could bring to Chasoshal, we and the Rebbe does not have, say what could happen. So therefore, it's uh, self-understood that marriage is married to one individual, and therefore, mixed and mixed dancing gives this idea that it's not only I'm not only for my spouse, and this is opposite of kiddushin. So the Rebbe was saying again that this is not allowed to have any type of mixed dancing. Okay, page 31, there's a letter um, that was in an Israeli army publication. And the Rebbe expresses his surprise that there was no reaction. It was obviously a letter about mixed dancing. And the Rebbe advised the editor to take parts of a safer and show the sources where it's not allowed. And the Rebbe um, tells the editor in uh, page 31, the top source, this is a letter to the editor of this uh, publication, and says that it is very clear that the Paiskim, the decisors, the halakhic authorities um, amongst all of the Yidin have said that this is halakha, that it's wrong to have mixed dancing. And it's surprising that there are still those that are doubt and want to say something else. Even if they wouldn't know, this would be wrong, even if it wasn't known the results. So we, now that we know the results of what happens from mixed dancing, how much more so the Rebbe couldn't believe that there are still people that are doubtful about it. Again, we see this idea. Um, in a letter to Rabbi Herschel Schusterman from Chicago, Rabbi Schusterman was saying that the youth in his, uh, this is source Dalit, the youth in his show wanted to start a club. They wanted to organize a club for youth, a youth club. And the Rebbe said to him that that's a very good idea. You should organize something for the youth. Obviously, there were boys and girls. And um, the Rebbe says, the fact that you're concerned that maybe it'll come to mixed dancing, what did the Rebbe say? Let's look at the underlying words. And the fact that you're concerned, maybe they will come to mixed dancing, the high governor and things like that. For sure, you will find ways appropriate ways to prevent the mixed dancing. So they're saying, yes, it's very good to have this club, but you should think of other things that they should do so that they won't come to Chas to have mixed dancing. And actually the Rebbe goes on and gives many examples of things that this club could organize, projects and things that they could do so that they'll be busy with good things and not Chas come to mixed dancing. Okay, so we see from here that mixed dancing is a very big problem. And in source, hey, we see from <clears throat> Ask the Rev, somebody asked, are siblings allowed to dance together at a wedding? It is definitely a Shiloh for a Rev. 
and the Astaroth gives this um, answer and the sources, which are on page 32. And those of you who have the source sheets can look it up, or you can look it up at Astaroth and see how he paskins about um, siblings dancing together at a wedding. Okay, let's look at page 33 here. Here we have a letter, courtesy of thank you, Rabbi Minkowitz. This letter was sent to a boy living in Montreal. And he was asking, this is the actual letter, actually. We have the, the actual letters on the right. On the left, this letter was printed in the book, Letter of the Spirit. But we see this, some of the words are actually different. Um, this the book was the rough draft that Adele had. But the, on the right side is the actual letter that was sent to this boy. And the boy had some questions. And one of the questions the boy had was about mixed dancing. And it's very interesting to see the Rebbe Saviad. It's circled in the sources on page 33, where the Rebbe adds things to the letter about this mixed dancing. So let's read it through here. We could, uh, it's a little hard to read, but I'll do, we'll do our best. With regard to your second question concerning social dancing. Now, originally the, it was said in the letter regarding social dancing. But if you look carefully, the Rebbe added in social get together and put dancing in parentheses. The Rebbe is saying your question about social dancing really is a bigger question. It's about any type of social get together that is mixed. It is not only social dancing that's a problem, but all types of, of get togethers that have boys and girls together. And the Rebbe says the answer is actually already to be found in your own letter in which you write that the conduct of some of the people indulging in dancing and similar activity leaves much to be desired. So he's telling the Rebbe that there's an issue with it. And the Rebbe say, yes, that's correct. This then shows the dangers inherent in such a conduct, which is not in accordance with the Shulchan Aruch. For obviously those whose conduct has so deteriorated did not start right away on that level. For as you write, they also wanted to have some innocent fun, etc. So we see here again, there's not people who want to, look, to do an Aveo or to do something improper, but they, they started out, it was just fun. Um, but one must bear in mind where this leads to. Clearly, the Eitzahara is not idle, idle. The Eitzahara knows that if he wants to approach a Jewish girl or boy who are religious and want to remain so and tempt them right away to transgress an explicit law of the Shulchan Aruch, and the Rebbe writes in his Saviyad on the left side, it says, such as mixed dancing, which the Rebbe says is Asur al-Pi Halacha, right? It says in the Shulchan Aruch. So, but the, the Yetzirah knows, if he comes to a girl, a girl or a boy who wants to do the right thing and says, oh, you should go do social dancing, obviously the person's gonna, not going to do it, right? So what the Yetzirah, like we said before, was very smart. So what does he do? They will not, he knows that they will not listen to the Yetzirah. On the other hand, if he should come and tell them to indulge in something seemingly innocent, which um, only an overly strict rabbi considers reprehensible. This is the first step for the trap to ensnare the unwary boy or girl into eventually breaking also the explicit laws of the Shulchan Aruch. Okay, so we see from here, the Rebbe is telling us the, the tactics of the Yetzahara and how we have to be careful that even if the Yetzahara is not gonna come out right out and say, okay, do so mixed dancing because we know that that's not appropriate. The Yetzirah is going to come and tell us to do other things that seem like would be okay. And therefore, we must always ask a Rav, ask a Shaila, because these things could lead to even worse things. And it's very interesting to see here how the Rebbe tells us that it's not only the mixed dancing, but it mixed get-togethers. And how the Rebbe says that so the, um, 
even if a person wants to do whatever it says in Shulchan Aruch, and the Rebbe adds in here such as mixed dancing, not to do mixed dancing as part of halacha in Shulchan Aruch. Okay, so that's about weddings, dancing, how we have to be careful to have mixed uh, separate seating, a mechitza at a wedding, and not to have mixed dancing. Now we're going to go into other occasions where we have this issue, and that is a dinner, mixed dinners, fundraising dinners. And on page 34, we have a letter that the Rebbe sent to um, an organization. This is an answer, actually, it's not a letter, it's a, an answer. An organization wrote to the Rebbe and they said they wanted to have a mixed dinner because they were afraid if they would have a separate dinner, it would deter the donors, they would get less money. And the Rebbe answered, Why are you going to push away something that's for sure, something that's definite, definite Yer Shemaim? and all of those present. Because of a suffix, because of a doubt of money, of only a few people. So we know that separate seating is definitely increases in Yerashamayim. And you want to take that away for just a suffix of maybe getting more money? Again, the Rebbe was explaining that this will increase the Yerashamayim and that's something that's important. As far as the donors, we don't know. We really don't know if that's going to decrease or not. Um, source base on page 34 is Rabbi Kunin when he began preparations for the first Chabad dinner, the Chabad of California, their first dinner. They wrote it, he wrote it to the Rabbi to describe the preparations. And four days before the dinner, he got um, Rabbi Kunin got a call from Rabbi Chadakov, and Rabbi Chadakov um, hinted. Rabbi Kunin, that the Rebbe was on the line. And this is what Rabbi Chalakov said in the bold on the end of Source Base. I had this chus, this is Rabbi Chalakov talking to Rabbi Kunin. I had this chus today to be by the Rebbe. And for sure, they will sit separately, the men and the women. Okay? So this was an instruction given to Rabbi Kunin about his first dinner in California. And source number three is talks about the organization called Hask. Hask wanted to have a mixed event <clears throat> with uh, with Avram Fried. They wanted to have a concert, and Avram Fried agreed only if there would be separate seating. And they claimed that it would impact the number of attendees. They thought that not that many people would come if there would be separate seating. And the Rebbe answered uh, the bold at the end of source three. The mixing is That is for sure awesome. Hagira the loss, the loss from people not attending. Suffolk, it's a doubt. We don't know. The same, very similar to what the Rebbe said about the dinner in Source Alec, right? We don't know how much it's going to lose because of it. And the Rebbe continues and says, A doubt doesn't negate a certainty. If you're not, if you're doubtful of something, it doesn't mean that you don't do something that's certain. You do something that's certain, which is, that it's also to have this mix. So the question is, are men and women allowed to sit together at a concert or at an event? Again, every situation, every place is different. I did bring on page 34, the source from Ask the Rav, where it discusses this question and the sources are brought there too. And one can look at the sources and see what he says about sitting together at events. Again, everyone should ask their own Rav, Mashpia, every situation is different. Okay, let's move on to page 35. We're gonna talk now about classes, mixed classes. 
And first thing we talk about is classes that are for um, adults, adults education. And we know that one needs to ask a Shaila a question if they're giving or attending a mixed class. And the first um, letter, this is a letter from Igris on page 35, the top, Aleph, source Aleph. Somebody asked um, if he can participate, if he can attend a mixed class. And the Rebbe answers, well, let's look at the second paragraph here. Ulafela, and it's a wonder. This, the doubt in this matter, which is clear and simple. Especially when we call it the name religion. Now, it was obviously religious classes. And he wanted to know if he could attend these religious classes that were mixed. And the Rebbe said, um, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's wondering, I wonder about this. It's so clear. It's so understood, especially if you're calling it something religious. So when you're calling it something religious, they can, this can increase the stumbling block and the mistaken ideas of the public. So we have to be very careful with mixed classes, but especially when we're giving religious mixed classes, because that sort of gives like a hechsher on it. It says, oh, it's okay. If you could do it for religious, then you could do it for other things. So we have to be even more careful when we're giving religious instruction to make sure that it's separated if possible. It's not, again, a person should ask their Rav or Mashbia for direction. Okay. The, on page 35, source base, the Rebbe gives instructions about how to give a class for men and women together. Sometimes it's possible, sometimes we need to do that. And this was um, a Yechidis from Rabbi Lubetsky, who was in Yer, France. And he asked the Rebbe about if he's allowed to give over classes to boys and girls that are mixed. And the Rebbe answered and said, it's worthwhile to put a table or a bench to separate from the boys and the girls. And the Rebbe motioned with his hands, showing boys on one side and girls on one side. In other words, they're both in the same room, but at least there should be some separation. And the Rebbe says, it's preferable that men should teach men and women should teach women because a woman would be more comfortable to ask her questions to another woman. Just from a practical perspective, if a woman is feels more open and can talk to another woman, it's much easier. So that's uh, another reason why we should have the separation so the women will be more comfortable and able to ask their questions. Okay, now let's talk about the separation of genders from you in youth, children and youth. On page 36, the top of page 36, we have here a letter from Igris. Um, and the Rebbe talks there about the importance of educating girls, which is very interesting. The Rebbe was very for the girls' education and we should learn and we should know. And uh, Rebbe pushed this very much. And then um, the question was about the girls learning together with the boys. And here uh, we have underlined source Aleph. Anyone who's involved and knows about education, Anyone who's involved in education understands the need. Um, he doesn't need. He doesn't need any explanation about the importance, uh, the seriousness of having separation that we said. And the Rebbe says here that this starts from the very young. And the Rebbe explains in the last line here. Hergel the habit of the young boy and the young girl, may us from then, from even when they're very young, nasa teva It becomes nature when they're older. So if they're used to being separated when they're younger, it'll become nature for them. It'll be second habit for them 
when second nature will become habit when they get older. So the Rebbe was telling us here how important it is we are able to have this separation between the boys and the girls, even at a young age. Okay, um, source Gimel. This is a very interesting letter that was written to Rabbi Hefer in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Hefer wanted to make a kinnus, a gathering for students in honor of the 200th yard site of the Baal Shem Tov. They wanted to gather the students all together. There were boys and there were girls. And he asked the Rebbe about this. And the Rebbe, in his answer, says, the Rebbe says he was very, very pleased with this idea, said it's a great idea to gather the kids together in honor of the Yard of the Baal Shem Tov, the 200th Yard of the Baal Shem Tov. But the Rebbe said that you have to be very careful, number one, with the singing. If there's going to be boys, you have to make, and there's girls also, you have to be very careful that it's only the men and the boys that are singing. And then in the underline here, the Rebbe says something very interesting. Concerning the separation, if it's possible, it's worthwhile. The Rebbe says it's worthwhile actually to make this um, gathering, this kinos, at the same time, same time and same place for both boys and girls. But with the caveat. In order that it should be emphasized, this idea of separating. If you're having boys at one time and girls at another time, we don't see that there's importance to having separate. But if you're having it at the same time, the same place, and it's separate, it'll be known to everybody that it's being separate, that it needs to be separate. But it's obvious, it's simple. If one cannot be assured that there will be this separation, or even if there's a doubt that maybe they won't be separated, how much more so in the in matter of singing? Then there's no choice. If you can't make those accommodations, you can't do that, then Then there should be two separate um, gatherings. So the Rebbe was says, I thought this was very uh, interesting the way the Rebbe wanted it, not only that there should be the separation, but that everyone should know and see that there is the separation, publicize it. If you're having it at the same time and you're having it separate, everyone sees it much more. It's much more noticeable that there's a separation. Um, whereas if you're having two different kinosa, that's also okay, but um, it's not as noticeable to everybody. But of course, the only way you can have it at the same time is if you're able to ensure that there is this complete separation and there's no issue with the singing. Okay, um, source Dalit on the bottom of page 36. The Rebbe, they were gave, they gave out a list of instructions for Lag Baimer. And one of the instructions was they should organize parades in all different places. And everyone should participate, men, women, and children. And the Rebbe added to that instruction, it's obvious that it has to be um, with the appropriate sneers. Everything, all halacha has to be followed. And that obviously means separation and singing, etc., to make sure that everything is done alpi halacha. Okay, we're up to page 37. And the Rebbe not only gave us instruction on how to behave, but even in how we portray things in publications. And source hey on top of page 37 was a sikha the Rebbe was talking about Tzivas Hashem. It was in Tavshim Amalek. And the Rebbe was talking about how um, when they show pictures or draw pictures in the publications for Tzivas Hashem, how this also has to be noticeable. 
And the first line in Yiddish, nice if them um, added to this, in addition to this, the fact that they have to be separate. In addition to the fact that a boy and a girl have to be separated one from another, the Rebbe gave, continues to give more instructions about their clothing that they're wearing. It has to be noticeable that they're different. The Rebbe said even the hats should be different. The boys' hats should be different than the girls' hats. And the tzitzis of the boys should be showing to see that they're wearing tzitzis. And the girls have to be dressed appropriately. And, uh, and the Rebbe says that at the end there, it's from age of three and one day that has any so even children have to be shown dressed and appropriately again it's not only about the way we act but even what we are portraying whatever we are showing in our publications okay <clears throat> and then in source above the rebbe tells um a letter the rebbe writes a letter and says that this idea of separation of separating students and education is not only for chabad schools but should actually be in all schools this is not only a religious matter, but it's basic morality. The Rebbe is explaining that this is not only, of course, it's religious, but it's not only religious. It's also basic morality. We need to have the separation for many, for just for, for morality. And Asura Zion gives us the same idea. Another letter where the Rebbe says that this idea is universal. It should be all over in all schools, in all places not only Jewish and religious schools, but it should be all, everywhere that they should have this separation. And in the letter, the letter, this was written um, also to uh, someone who was uh, wanted to make up a school. And the Rebbe says that they should even have separate entrances. They should go in from different places again, so they wouldn't come to mix. And this is, we're talking about children. Very interesting. And I, um, source test on the bottom of page 37, the Rebbe was talking about performances and saying how it's very, very um, good to have performances from time to time. It's beneficial that people should have plays, the, the girls should make plays and performances. It's a good thing, but the Rebbe says one has to be very careful of halacha regarding the clothing that they're wearing, the singing and the mixing. So even though it's a great thing, you just have to be careful to make sure that everything is done al halacha. Okay, on top of page, uh, 38. We see here, this is a letter in Igris. This was a letter to Rabbi Hartman, who was a principal in Eretz Yisrael. And he had um, crossing guards and there were boys and girls. And he was uncomfortable with the fact that there were girls that were also acting as crossing guards at the same time with the boys. And so he discontinued it. And the Rebbe writes, He was wondering if this is the right thing to do. And the Rebbe says, yes, that is a good thing. And that is correct. That's how he should behave in future. He should continue with that idea and just have the boys be the crossing guards. Okay. And then there are many people who say, oh, those were in the olden days. Nowadays it's different. Things are different. We should, uh, we're in 2023. Whatever, whatever, it wasn't then, but we're, it's different. Things have changed. This is from the Kodesichas Chalikulamachas. The Rebbe says um, that was, this was obviously, uh, we're talking to people in the community, and he's saying we cannot say that times and conditions have changed because one of the 13 Yud Gimel Midas Harach, Yud Gimel Ikarim, one of the 13 principles of faith is that Torah doesn't change. Okay, so we cannot say that we're different times now. We cannot say that the Rebbe is telling us for all the people that are saying, oh, it's different now. No, the Rebbe is telling us it's forever. Tyra is forever. Tyra doesn't change. 
And it's interesting, the Rebbe says the only time we can change, things can change in Torah, is to be more strict. If the Chachamim see that it, there's a lax, Chachamim can make extra stringencies, but of course that's only with uh, Rav, only a, a Rav who paskins can make extra stringencies, but if we want to need more fences, more guards to make sure that we don't come to doing a sin, that is the only thing that can change. But otherwise, Tara is nitzchis, Tara is forever, Tara is always, and we cannot change it. And let's look at the second paragraph. If this is talking about all matters of Tara, how much more so when we're talking about concerns regarding non-separation, in other words, mixed. Opposite of Tznias. We see clearly we see that if one um of one of the class or one of the group stumbles with this, this idea of this mingling, the Rebbe says it becomes like a contagious disease. And because the nature of these defects are things that are done in quiet and in secret, the, the danger is even worse. Because it takes time until these things are discovered because they're done secretly. And even afterwards, even afterwards, it's hard to find out who exactly was doing this. So one has to be very, very careful if we know that entire cloud things don't change, how much more so when we're talking about such inyanim, which can, uh, uh, like the Rebbe says, a contagious disease goes from one to another and it could lead to things that are very inappropriate. And the Rebbe addresses the fact that it is difficult. And the Rebbe says that, yes, it is difficult, but we know that Hashem gave us this commandment, this mitzvah, it's from the Abishter. And since the Abishter gave it to us, Hashem also gives us the strength to overcome it and to be able to deal with it. And um, the last uh, paragraph here, from that which is said, we see that this idea of uh, separation has no compromise. We cannot compromise on this at all. So the rabbi says this very, very emphatically, many times over we've seen this idea, we cannot compromise on it. We must have separation. Now we know that this is a very, very difficult thing. And uh, we saw here the Yitzhahara is very, very, uh, likes to start up with this especially. And it's a, it's a very hard thing. The Rebbe also acknowledges that it's difficult, but we do know that things that are difficult is, you know, that's from the Ebesher, like we said, the Ebesher gives us the Kaya. But there's also, we know about the rewards. And the last um, source on page 38, it tells us about the heart of mitzvahs. In Chumash, in Parshish A, there's a mitzvah that tells us that one is not allowed to eat the blood of an animal. And then it says, Leman yitavlach, in order that it'll be good for you. You should not eat the blood of the animal, and then it'll be good for you. If you keep this mitzvah, it'll be good for you. So Rashi comments and says, Say ulamaz, learn, matan scharin shal mitzvah, the reward of a mitzvah. Im hadam, if we're talking about blood, that a person is disgusted from it, someone who abstains from it, he is for him and his children after him. 
Kalvachimer, how much more so the Gezel for theft, Va'arayas, and prohibited relations, Shenafshe Shal Adam is Avabem. How much more so if we um, stay away from Gezel and Arayas, from theft and prohibited relationships, which a person has a natural tendency and a natural desire for, how much more so the reward will be? So even though, yes, it's very difficult, we do know that the reward for it is great. I just want to end, end off this, um, this class with an interview that Jem had with Mrs. Yehuda Fishman. And there she describes the echidus she had with the Rebbe. And she asked the Rebbe, why are there so many guidelines and restrictions in relationships in Judaism? If I had unlimited time with the Rebbe, what kinds of questions would I ask besides my own you know, personal issues? So I take out this little piece of paper and I start writing down these five questions. And then I came into the Rebbe and it was already like 20 minutes past after dealing with the, the personal questions that I had. I started to back out uh, like you're supposed to do. And the Rebbe like stopped me and he, he said, don't you have any other kinds of questions? So I said, oh yeah. And I remember I have this little piece of paper in my pocket and I pull out this paper and I said, as a matter of fact, I do. No, yeah, I ask basically. And again, I thought, you know, whoever's giving me all the time in the world, so why not? <laughs> why not ask? And and the fourth, so the fourth question was, um, why are the laws, the relationship between men and women, so strict in Judaism? Yeah, yeah the relationship of you know, uh, why are they so strict? And he said, it's like atomic power. We know atomic power can be so creative and, and so helpful in the world, and yet if it's, it's misused or, or, or somebody makes the wrong choice or, or uses it in the wrong way, it can be very destructive. So the same force that can be the most constructive can also be destructive, and therefore we need balances and guidelines of how to do it the right way. Yeah. So let's all use our atomic power that we have, all this energy that we have, to be able to use it all for the right thing, we will do the right thing. Make sure to ask our, our Rav when we have a question. And to be Zaycha, to see Mashiach very, very soon, right now. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you, Miriam. And thank you to everyone for joining today. If you'd like to sponsor next week's class with Mrs. Ita Bro, who will be teaching about gleanings from Chazal on Tarasa Mashpacha, please reach out to podcast at mikvah.org. Thank you for listening and have a great day.